Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role joy plays in our own journey. Welcome to episode 136. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, I am so excited to have Lindsay Ambrose and Natalie Sager joining me to talk all about their brand new book, Peaceful Mamas, The Mind, Body, and Baby Connection. This book comes out tomorrow, which is Wednesday, just in time for Mother's Day. And you guys, this conversation... Uh, Natalie, Lindsay, and I dish a ton of very actionable and usable ideas for moms and parents, from the mindset shift that we all encountered upon becoming parents to some other really practical things about how we each go about setting a routine that work for young children and how we've helped our growing children process their own emotions. Lindsay and Natalie joined together to write this amazing book after meeting at a conference in Chicago and bonding together over their love of Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Morning. They saw how this idea of setting routines could be tweaked and evolved and applied to the transition around motherhood. And in seeing that they had a very like-minded approach to mothering and parenting, the two came together to create this new and unique offering for parents. And I know you guys are just going to love hearing all about it. This episode is being brought to you by the multi-passionate must-haves bundle. As you know, we talk about being a multi-passionate or a multi-potentialite a lot on this show. I have a lot of guests who can identify with having so many passions and interests in life, and they don't want to focus on one thing. And you guys probably also know the name Emily Wapnick. She is the creator of Putty Like. And on the regular, she creates these bundle sales where she pulls together some of the most amazing programs and e-courses and fun things to do that are all focused and tailored towards a multi-passionate or multi-potentialite person. I'm super excited to announce that Roots and Wings, which is the program that Christy Tending and I created last year, it's all about finding balance and harmony in your life. And we provide some really great tools as far as breathing practices and mindfulness practices to help support you in that journey. Our program is being included in this package along with, I believe it's 12 to 14 other items. So altogether, if you wanted to run out and buy this, the products themselves, it would be about 1200 bucks. Emily pulls this together for the low, low price of 97 bucks. You get all of them, including our product. If you had bought Roots and Wings last year, you would have paid $147. So even if you just want to pick that one up, you're going to get so many other good things and it's at a discount. So 97 bucks and here's the important thing to know this sale only runs from may 15 through 17 this year 2018 and then it's gone forever and a little sneak peek the other people involved are jennifer lee michelle ward who was on last week emily herself has a product in there my carl has a really fun planner um product that oh i love that one it's so fun and she's great she's been on the show so if you want to get on the list head to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com and you'll see a big banner on there that says uh, send me alerts for multi-passionate must-haves or if you're already on the newsletter you'll get the information sent right to you and I can't wait for that to come out if you are new here to jumpstart your joy first I want to give you a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for tuning in this week and always jumpstart your joy is a weekly podcast that comes out on Tuesday mornings and I would love it if you like what you hear and want to subscribe, you could head on over to iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, uh, and Player FM, really any of the usual podcasting sites. Uh, search for Jumpstart Your Joy and please hit the subscribe button and leave a review if you are there. I would love to hear from you guys. I also do show notes for each and every episode and you can find this one at our website which is jumpstartyourjoy.com and then forward slash peaceful mamas. And that will give you some links to Natalie and Lindsay's book, along with all the things that we talk about. Welcome to the show. 
Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you, Paula. It's so fun to be here. <laughs> it's so good to meet you both. Would you like to talk a little bit about what you guys are and what you do? And like, how did you meet? If you want to weave that into the story too. You go, Natalie. You tell you tell okay. the story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. So Lindsay and I had a beautiful introduction into our friendship, which turned into a, a really amazing relationship that we have co-created. This we separately had read the book The Miracle Morning, and and in reading the book, I had. I had these feelings almost like I was coming home. So a lot of what Hal Elrod talks about in his book is about reconnecting to your passions, your desires, and finding alignment within yourself by practicing these specific morning rituals. And so I had started practicing the lifesavers, which he calls it. And throughout the process of reading and applying, I started to also um, receive emails from him. And one of his emails came in saying that he was going to be doing this conference in Chicago. And there was just a little voice inside of me saying that I was supposed to be at this conference. And I wanted to follow my intuition. Now, trying to convince my husband that I needed to be in Chicago, but I couldn't give him really any concrete reasons as to why I needed to be in Chicago was a, was a little bit challenging. <laughs> but I was able to do it. And so sure enough, I booked my trip to Chicago during one of the like ice-breaking kind of games that they do. Lindsay and I ended up being partners, completely, quote-unquote, coincidental. We started chatting, and I found out that she had a podcast and she graciously invited me to be a guest on her show. And after our interview, we just kept on chatting and had so much, so much in common. And when it seemed like our intentions and our, our missions, both, both personally and professionally were very aligned with one another. And we decided to collaborate and write a book. And so despite the fact that she lives in Chicago and I live in, in sunny South Florida, and we've only met one time in person, mm -hmm. we have maintained and created really this, this beautiful friendship over two years and have written a book together, incorporating 20 experts along the way into the book. And that's how we met. So beautiful <laughs> that you followed your intuition and that's where it led you. Like I was just reflecting on that this morning, even in an Instagram post, you know, my, my trip that I was telling you guys about to Texas where I ended up staying was with two friends that if I had never said yes to intuition and going back to divinity mm. school of all things, and then starting coach training, I never would have met these two people. And it's just amazing what happens when you take the leap. Like, yay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah. And then, okay. Can you talk a little bit about the morning miracle or miracle morning? Because it's so funny. The other thing that I was thinking about as I was getting ready to talk to you both was how it is so hard to become peaceful as a mama. I have a seven-year-old son for context. Mm. And I remember one of the most challenging things is, and it was so funny, is of course mornings. And I don't know if that's true for a lot of mamas, but we always had a troublesome time transitioning from like getting out of bed to getting ready to leave the house. And that was, mm -hmm. and still can be hair raising. <laughs> So yeah. I don't know if you want to weave in stories there. I feel like it's a really juicy topic. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's funny because so the book is called Miracle Morning and it's by Hal Elrod. And that's kind of what connected Natalie and I. We both had read the book when we had, you know, pretty young children ourselves. And it is, it's so hard, you know, it's hard to start a morning routine ever, let alone like when you have young children <laughs> and, you know, you're not sleeping very well. But the moment you do it and you can start to even like five minutes, just like waking up just a little bit before your children do and just have some moments for yourself. It, it is such a game changer when you can just do that. And so somehow upon reading the book, I did kind of start that practice and it truly has been just a really wonderful experience for me just to kind of have those moments of silence. And in his book, he taught, he kind of went through all the different self-development books and kind of took it into create his own system for how to start his day in a way that would lead him to be achieving success and achieving his goals in his life. And so he includes silence, affirmation, visualization, 
reading, scribing, so writing, exercise. So there's the six things called the savers. And when you can just incorporate them into the start of your day. And as a parent, it's kind of like it evolves. You know, you may not be able to do it right at the start of the day, but you can incorporate it in at different parts. And that's really where Natalie and I while we both read the book and, and as we started to start the practice ourselves, we found like, wow, it's not as realistic for parents as it can be for like someone who doesn't have young children or any aged old children. So that's was part of the inspiration around the book, wanting to create something that was be easier for moms who are busy and tired and dads. And so that's where we came up with Mama, which is in our book that we talk about where we take moments throughout our day to kind of create that centered experience. But yeah, so that's what Miracle Morning is. And us starting that is how we really, you know, wrote the book, you know, with young children, like waking up a little bit earlier and having this time for ourselves and to, to work on this writing is, is how we were able to, yeah, write the book. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm grinning so big because <laughs> what you just talked about, ooh, this is going to be so good, is like exactly what my pain point was, is I remember hearing, I think Hal was on maybe Pat Flynn's podcast yeah, probably. Yes. Mm -hmm. like three years ago, maybe. And I thought this is okay. Beautiful idea. But, and you guys probably sense this if you read through my questions a little bit was like, I kind of got into the spin area of like, that sounds great, but that's not really totally realistic when I'm the solo person. Cause my husband's a chef. He gets up early when I'm the solo mm -hmm. person, getting another little person out the door. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the idea of then waking up two hours earlier was like, I was literally laughable, right? So how is it that moms and dads, especially people with small children, what do those moments look like for us? Like, how do we build in these, these peaceful moments so then we can be more present for our own children? Because I think that's what I was missing. Absolutely. So like Lindsay said, both of us had very young children when we start, not that our children are so old in the two years that we started writing this, but we were at a point where it was just not only not realistic, but it you just didn't know when the, your children were going to wake up. So even if you had full intentions of waking up an hour prior to when your children ordinarily wake up, you just, I didn't know when my baby was going to wake up. I didn't know when my three-year-old was going to wake up. So I think first just accepting that and surrendering to that unknown, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be able to get my moments in tomorrow, but I know that I'm going, my intention is to get one or all of them in, depending on how the day goes. And so, you know, on a, in a utopia, I went, I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning and get an hour of my own mama moments in, in that specific time frame. And if that didn't happen, then I had to figure out ways for me to weave those moments throughout the day. So our acronym is MAMA, and it's a deep breath out, MAMA. So it's M-A-M-A-H-H. -H. And that stands for mindfulness, affirmation, movement, abundance, health, and heart. And while they're similar to the lifesavers that Hal has come up with, we, we've kind of taken our own spin on it and softened it a bit just because we are, you know, our demographic is mainly mothers. And so, for instance, when I was nursing my baby and he would nurse and then fall asleep on me, I would have, you know, this ample amount of time where I could, option number one would be, you know, staying on my cell phone and looking at Facebook and Instagram and social media and basically just wasting my time. Or I could use that time to put my phone down and apply one of these moments, whether it was meditation or repeating affirmations to myself or creating a visualization, taking that time and being productive and proactive so that by the time baby Sky would wake up, I was in a much different headspace than I was maybe initially when I sat down in the chair to nurse him. Of course, I could use that time to also restore and rejuvenate by taking a nap with him, which would have been equally as energizing and productive for my day. Lindsay, I'm going to switch over to you so you can talk a bit about mindfulness since that's, um, that's her passion. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I mean, as a mom, you know, taking moments throughout the day to just kind of recognize when our mind is just kind of like moving, like, so, you know, we can have a thought and then 
our beliefs come in, at, you know, like, for example, it's raining out and then it suddenly I can't go out for my walk. And, you know, like our mind can just go and go and go. And sometimes we don't even have that awareness into, you know, what what we're thinking about. And sometimes that storyline that can run into our head, run through our head is disabling us from just being present with our children. So that's why mindfulness to me is so important as mothers, because once we can quiet ourselves a bit and slow down, we can tune back in. And that's kind of where the heart comes in when we're tuning into something inside of us. I feel like that's where that's where our wisdom lies. That's where, I mean, we know what's right for our children. Like we can tune in and and know what they need. And it's, it takes just, you know, letting go of those expectations of what we should be doing and shouldn't be doing and those different things. And, and when we can just like slow that down and just tune in, we can really be there for our children. And, and it's, it's just such a more meaningful experience when we're really present. So both mindfulness and heart are two of the mama moments we talk about where when we can just take some time to center ourselves and and part of that being able to like become more aware comes from those other moments of of movement so you know when we've had a couple you know a few minutes to just like you know, do some yoga through movement, then it enables us to like slow down. And in those later moments when things are are more stressful, because sometimes that's the hardest time when, you know, to be mindful when, when the the baby's crying and the dinner's on the table, there's all these different components. It's like, oh, it's all you feel, you can feel so such overwhelm. And it's those moments of meditation and movement that we've kind of put in throughout our day that can help us in those other moments that are a little bit more, more challenging. Cause we do get that as there's, there's a lot of challenge and hands-on, you know, things that are happening. So anytime we can take for ourselves so that we can be more centered and grounded and calm can help us just tune in. And then we can be there for our children and really be in the moment and, and kind of enjoying it. Yeah. So that's why that's, those are some key parts of the mama as well. Yeah. I love that. And I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I probably any mom listening can totally relate to the, the moment that happens when everything feels like it's just gone a little haywire or it's been building up over the day that you just feel like, Oh my goodness. So I like, I like the practice of starting to break it down so that you have a little, even if it's a mental break, Natalie, I love what you said about even when you're nursing your son or something else small during the day, like you could choose to do something other than staring at phone, which I totally used to do. But sometimes it was just like, oh, I'm just going to just sleep here. And oh, isn't that nice? But I think what is one of the hardest things, giving ourselves the permission to take that little bitty nap or to you know, to take the little walk when you feel like, oh, I should go clean up the kitchen or whatever it is. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you, how do you encourage women to do that? Or I don't know, how do you, how do people make the jump from being stuck in the go, go, go mentality to saying, oh, if I break this down a little bit, it'll be, it'll make my whole day better. I was just in the jungle a few weeks ago with my husband on a deep healing retreat. And one of the facilitators had mentioned to us several times and it stuck with me and I'm happy to share it with you and your listeners is that regardless of what your quote-unquote job is whether that is your role in your family or your job in your career or whatever it is your sole responsibility in this life is to be happy your responsibility is not for anybody else now I realize I'm saying this as a mother and it's not I'm not saying it out of selfishness I'm saying it out of self-preservation because When I am responsible for my own happiness, and happiness to me includes all spectrums of holistic health and well-being, when I'm responsible for my own happiness, that creates a ripple effect to everyone and everything around me. So the first step is to acknowledge that and to also, like I mentioned before, accept and surrender. There's only so much that we're able to actually control. The rest of it is simply an illusion of control. What we do have actual control over are our thoughts and when we tell ourselves okay today I choose to be happy today I choose to be peaceful today I choose to be fully present with my family with my children with my spouse today I choose 
to stay mindful. When we make these intentions, these dedications to ourselves, then that helps everybody else. Now, I am responsible for my, you know, my three-year-old and my six-year-old, and I'm responsible for keeping the house tidy and, you know, cooking, cleaning, all these things. I mean, these are, these are my roles as a wife and as a mother. But when I take on those roles with a smile on my face and remind myself, okay, if my kids are screaming, if my husband's asking me for something, if the phone is ringing, whatever, I have all these other distractions, if I can take that moment before I react, Take that moment to pause, take that moment to breathe, and take that moment to intentionally remind myself of what I made promises to myself about, then I'm able to respond with love, with peace, with happiness, with joy, with whatever it is that I want to ripple effect to my family. I'm going to add on is, and the heart piece comes from this, is just being compassionate and kind to ourselves too, Mm -hmm. and knowing that accepting I love to say like we're accepting the as is which means like Mm. yes it's it's things are gonna be tough there's gonna be challenges there's gonna be things that come up and that's that's life that we when we can just accept the as is then we can accept it with grace and we can move through it and try to see it and from a different lens knowing this is here to teach us something and be open to that and be kind to ourselves as we're going through it and I think that's a big part of it too just yeah being because I think we can be so hard on ourselves as moms and have these giant expectations and guilt and it just it doesn't serve anybody so when we can you know accept what's happening and then just be be compassionate with ourselves when things are not as we originally thought or things are not going quite as well. And then we can move through those things more quickly and kind of be back on our children's level because they're just enjoying it. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the thing that, that, that strikes me there too is entering motherhood. I mean, as people know, is, is unlike anything anyone's ever experienced. And I think one of the hard things for me is I'm a project manager by day. I love a good plan and I love to know what's going to happen. But even, and this is the thing that surprised me the most, is even as much as I planned and researched and read and talked to other people, nothing in the world could have planned, you know, like prepared me for how everything would shift. And Mm -hmm. I think it's this interesting, like what, invitation to then kind of see what happens when you, I think you guys mentioned the word surrender to it. And I don't know, I I feel like that there's not enough discussion around how do you embrace this new unknown and just let it be, let it be what it's going to be. Because I don't know, (laughs) maybe it's harder for those of us who are like, you know, overachievers, or maybe it's hard for everybody, but it's just a really interesting thing. And I feel like you guys are addressing that piece of it so beautifully. Yeah, I think I think so, because there's so much, you know, within our lives, like maybe in our career and different things where we almost have a little bit more control over it. Okay, we do this and this and this and it's going to help. But we like we understand what we have to do and what's going to what's going to happen. And that's yeah, you're right. Parenting is just not that it's so like these are their own these are their own little beings that are coming Mm -hmm. and they're with us and we're on this journey together and we don't know yeah that being able to embrace that and be open to not knowing is one of the most beautiful things we can do because Mm -hmm. I think one of the the one most wonderful things is that our our children are here to really teach us you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes we there's that part of us you know the old maybe thing we're working toward where we're supposed to be control of them and everything's supposed to be in line and it's it's not and when we can let go of that and just be open to learning from our children and and seeing that they're mirroring stuff to us that we need to work on ourselves and and yeah then it's wow we can let go of that piece where we're trying to control it because it just it doesn't work anyway and <laughs> we can't mm-hmm. control it <laughs> yeah yeah Letting go of the outcome, just completely Mm -hmm. letting go of the outcome and reminding yourself that, like I said before, our responsibility is to be happy and everything else that we do should be viewed as a choice. Mm -hmm. Not I have to do the dishes, I have to pick up these clothes, I have to do this. Because when you have, when you're using that kind of language to yourself and to others, then it seems like a chore and a chore is unenjoyable usually. But when you say I choose to pick up the clothes because my house feels better energetically when everything is put away and nice and tidy, you know, that has a much different energetic exchange as, as opposed to I have to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so being 
being aware of what your current perspective and perception is of your situation. That can change everything when you change your perspective. Yeah, I love that because I've seen that shift in myself as well, where it's been, you know, I could be upset about clothes that are not in the hamper or I could choose to put the clothes away and feel happy. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's that easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting one. And I love what you guys just said, because it totally, I don't know why this story just hit me, but when my son was like a year, little less than a year old, he kept wanting to chew on, you know, an, a, a, an electrical extension cord. And of course, I'd be like, no, no. And he would scream. He would scream. And like the lesson for me there was like, this was the thing that he was so obsessed with. And how are we sometimes like that, right? Like we're going after that thing that could ultimately hurt us or is not good for us. We think it's going to bring us happiness, but there's a much bigger story at play. And when we just surrender Mm -hmm. to like, oh, somebody knows better, you know, whatever that is, higher power, whatever. Right. Letting go of that. I don't know. It's That was a really interesting lesson as a parent too. There were things that I was going to do that would be for his safety that weren't going to make him happy. And that was a really right. hard, hard place to be as a parent and also a weird learning moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger things to play here. Yeah. What is your creative process? I, I know listeners love to learn about how, how do things come together? Kind of, if we jump from that moment that you guys met, how have you coordinated writing a book together, especially when you're separate, I think this is this is a really fascinating topic. Well, um, okay. <laughs> it's been, it's really unique. I love sharing it with people because it's a kind of amazing that it all just flowed. And I will, you know, believe kind of just divinely flew, you know, when in order, but so we, we really at the, when we, I interviewed Natalie for my podcast, we just felt so aligned. We have to do something. So we decided to write the book and really it was just all of, you know, setting a plan. We kind of were like, okay, let's do this. We talked about what it would be about. We had, you know, through phone conversations, we kind of throughout the, over the last two years, we've kept up regular phone conversations and it's nice to work with someone who's on, you know, the same schedule as you in some ways and that we were both moms. So we found a time that worked for us, which was Saturday mornings because we had help with, you know, our spouse's home. And so it was nice to be able to find a time that worked for us. And we, you know, we stayed flexible, but I think there's something so big about having that accountability of working with someone. So, you know, we had little, you know, we set deadlines for each other as far as the book went once we got our outline which was a lot of just like collaboration over the phone using Google Docs where we would just be on the phone together talking through while we're like co-editing, you know, our outline as we're talking, using other tools. Just, yeah, Google Docs has been a great thing for us as we, you know, we've shared, shared our work and added comments and edited simultaneously using that tool. And yeah, it's really that cool thing of, because both Natalie and I kind of had our own things we were working on, but, you know, given having children and there was a lot going on in our lives when we came together, I loved, I heard this on a podcast once where it's like one plus one equals 10. So Mm. just that idea of when you partner with someone and you find someone in alignment, sometimes you can achieve, you know, so much more than you could have on your own. So I think the accountability piece of us working together and then just, you know, having a plan, but also being open to, I love the plan tight, but hang loose, which is kind of a funny <laughs> phrase, but it's, and it works so well in parenting because it's, you have to plan because, you know, you know, you just kind of have to get your plan in place and have the right tools, snacks and everything you'll need. And, but know that it probably won't go to plan, but just know you've prepared as best you can. And then you just kind of go with it. And I think that's kind of been it with the book. We've planned and then we've been, you know, things came up in our lives during the process and we, we slowed down during that time. And then we picked back up when we were both able. So I think that was part of our process. Yeah. Did you want to add Natalie? I was just going to say, no, I mean, Lindsay did a beautiful job explaining. Um, I think (laughs) first, it it really is, it's crucial that when you are partnering with somebody to co-create whatever it is that you would like to manifest into the world, that you find a partner that is, has very similar beliefs, values, ethics, morals, all of that, but also balances 
things that maybe you're not so good at. So I like when it comes to technology, that's just not my strong suit at all. So Lindsay, I didn't even know about Google Docs. Fortunately, she did. So she, you know, mm-hmm. she was helpful in that respect. So I feel like we both had certain strengths in different areas, but we also both have so much in common that we were able to just come together with such such lovely cohesion. Mm-hmm. And, and like Lindsay said, you know, we both had things that, that came up in our life that prolonged the process, but we were mutually able to let go. This set date is when we're going to have this book out. You know, we had interviewed several publishers along the way. And I had said at one point, like, if we had gone with this particular publisher, we would have had a book. It would have been, you know, published and printed and everything. But it wouldn't have been this marvelous, epic piece of work that it is now because we found a different publisher and we're able and she is so soulful and talented and and really experienced and the three of us working together has just been magnificent. I like that a lot. And it's funny. I mean, one of my kind of, you know, whatever biz besties or whatever I think is what Natalie Ekdahl calls them if you know her from biz chicks but it's amazing (laughs) how you fall in with people and and you even said at the beginning coincidence but not coincidence that you guys found Mm -hmm. each other and that you were brought together and it is lovely to see that dance you have such a similar thing that you want to bring into the world and so how do we make it happen I love that you guys found the right publisher too. That was, yeah. that was the perfect fit. Any other advice that you would give if people are looking, you know, they think they want to co-create something with someone. I don't know any other advice you guys have for that. You know, aside from making sure that, like I said before, the values and beliefs and, and ethics are all in line with one another, that you're clear about your goals and your intentions, that you're constant. Like Lindsay had mentioned before, we had our weekly calls and that helped not only kept us accountable, but it because we are one in Chicago, one in Florida, it kept us more in touch. We were, you know, we knew what was going on in each other's lives. And so when there was stuff that was getting in the way of us moving forward with the book, we still knew that we were going to move forward with the book. It just needed to like slow down at this point. So just making sure that when you're finding partners and creating partnerships that you have that open communication and trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have, you know, too much else to add. I think one thing we talk about in the book, just, you know, trusting that that little voice inside you, your intuition, because, you know, sometimes I believe that the people come into your life to teach you something and the, the right people come in at the right time. And sometimes it's just about saying yes and, you know, breaking out of that comfort level and just doing something courageous. And and you just kind of have to do that. And it just can create such beautiful things when you say yes and you... And you just kind of trust your inner voice because I really do believe it guides us. And we just kind of, you know, when we tune in and we start to do some meditating and we start just quieting the other voices and really tune in, we can really, all the right things seem to come when we, when we do that. So just trusting. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't say that any better. You guys are so awesome. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> really, yeah, that's perfect. Do you guys have even stories or any in your own experience, anything you would like to share about, I don't know, something that's either in the book or that you guys have found that works when you run into those especially hectic moments? I know you talked about taking that moment to slow down and think about, okay, well, who do I want to be in this moment, basically? But like, are there other things that you've seen work really well, either for mom or for kids when things are just off the hook? I like to ask a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions in my in my own brain to myself, and I ask a lot of questions to my kids. For example, okay, my my son Sky likes to throw. He is like the epitome of a boy. He loves to throw, whether it's a ball or a bat at your head. If he's not happy with it, he's throwing <laughs> it out. So that gets oh, you buddy. So instead of, you know, ripping the bat out of his hand and lecturing him about how, you know, that's not safe and not kind and all this stuff, I'll ask him, can you please hand me the bat? Can you please hand me the bat? And I'll say, I don't want to take it out of your hands. Can you please hand it to me? And then once he hands it to me and I feel safe, then I'll say to him, you know, how do you think that made mama feel? Because how do you want to make mama feel? Do you want to make mama feel happy or you want to make mama feel sad? How does Sky want to feel? And so we'll kind of do this back and forth business. And with my older son, Jonah, what I've been doing a lot of recently, aside from the question asking, is reminding him that even though it would be wonderful for 
me to be proud of him, for my husband to be proud of him. What's more important, and what, quite frankly, is the most important, is that he is proud of himself. You know, when you come home and you don't get a star sticker or whatever they, they give at school, like, how does that make you feel? And are you proud of yourself? Because if it doesn't make you feel good and it doesn't make you feel proud of yourself, then why are you continuing to make those choices? You know, so lots of questions on, on my end. That's mm-hmm. what those are kind of some of the tools I've been using recently. I'm sure Lindsay has some gems as well to share. <laughs> yeah, I love that, Natalie. I love the, I like that question about like, are you proud of the way that makes you feel? Because I feel like there's that desire to please the parents, but at the end of the day, you want them to be self-motivated and self-aware. So that's cool. I was just going to add something I always just come back to is just that breath, taking a breath, because sometimes you just need a moment. So I try to do that as much as I can. And there's something that Tara Brack actually talks about. She's like a wonderful woman who talks about mindfulness and she calls it rain. It's a technique called rain, but it's just in the moment of like frustration or overwhelm, just recognizing you're there. So having that awareness and then accepting it because sometimes sometimes it's not so much what just happened, but our kind of beating ourselves up for what just happened. So recognize I just yelled at my son. I didn't need to do that. Accepting it. I did it. And then inquiring kind of like Natalie said, like, why did I get so upset about that? What, what, what was it? Because more often than not, especially with our children, they're triggering something within us, you know, so it's not what they just did. And, and it's not their meltdown that's causing it. It's something else. So when you can just kind of start to ask some questions, and this is not always easy in the moment, but as much as you can. And then the last piece of that rain is nurturing. So being kind to yourself instead of getting being like, Oh, why did I do that? Because sometimes I do feel it's, how hard we are on ourselves after we made that choice versus just the actual choice that we just made that that makes us like stay in that in that kind of guilty shameful you know feeling mm. and then the the last piece that i just kind of add to it is peace so meaning that it doesn't matter what's going on around you and there will especially with children there's always going to be a lot of stuff going on that maybe isn't going to be making you feel good, but you can still kind of find your own inner peace begins with you. And when you can be calm and you can find inner peace, regardless of what's going on around you, knowing that there will be stuff that's going to go on, then, then you're kind of at a better place and you, and your children just, they, they feel it too. When they're, when you can, they can feel that peace within you. They can also kind of calm themselves, I feel. So that's huge, I think, knowing that I even say to myself, there's like a Kundalini little meditation that just says, you touch the different you know, piece, parts of your fingers, but it's peace begins with me. So just saying that to yourself in the moment can really help, I think. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to, to glean from that. Yeah, I know with my own son, I sometimes just speak, I keep talking, I just, I just keep telling him, like, if something happens, I'll tell him, you know, oh, I'm sad right now. So he knows what the emotions are. And I don't just try and gloss it over whatever the weird moment is. And, and try and tell him what I'm thinking. Because I think the other thing we do is like, we kind of, we pull out of the connection with our kids, because we're, I don't know, maybe afraid of sharing too much. And then, Mm-hmm. And then it's easy to also be other than and not with them in in the moment and then walking through even the rain piece that you just explained. There's something beautiful about keeping that connection point. Yeah. And letting them know that we, you know, we experience it too. I think that's such a, a huge thing where you can say like, yeah. wow, I was really sad and, you know, I, I, that's what I was feeling. And so, yeah, I think that's such a big thing. Like when you can talk through that, that helps them be able to recognize it too when they're feeling those different emotions and they can, yeah. they can talk through it too. Yeah. And letting them know that those emotions are okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you, I feel very oftentimes when we're talking to children, we're, I hear around me, you know, you shouldn't be having a tantrum. You should calm down, brush it off. That didn't hurt. This, you know, and you're basically what that's saying to the child is how you're feeling is not right. You should mm-hmm. not be feeling that way. And then we're basically teaching our children, unfortunately, to shove their emotions down inside of them and to kind of numb themselves from those emotions. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, one of the things that happens when we do that is that eventually in life, those emotions get stuck in different parts of our organs and manifest as disease in the body, disease in the body. And so 
when we tell our children, like Lindsay just said, I'm sad, this made me really sad. We're not only showing them, okay, this emotion is sad. We're showing them it's okay to feel sad. And when you do feel it, allow your entire being to feel that emotion and then give yourself permission to release it mm-hmm. so that you're not holding on to excess and unnecessary stuff. What? There's so much that goes on in their worlds that they can't control to then try and control the emotion that goes with it is overwhelming. We're telling them, don't don't have that tantrum in Target because it's not convenient for me. Well, right. it was basically <laughs> the underlying thing of stop throwing that tantrum. I don't know. It, it does. It just, it becomes something they don't know how to deal with later when there really is a big thing that happens in their world. And they're like, I don't know. I guess it's not appropriate for me to have this feeling. And they feel so big. Their emotions are so big. They're so <laughs> joyful. And you can just see the joy radiating it off them. And then, yeah, when they're angry or sad, it's really big because they're so present mm-hmm. and so in the moment. So, yeah, they, they feel that way. And, and it's hard. And for them to just know that they're being heard and they're being supported is, is huge. And, yeah, it's hard. But, but, yeah, they're teaching us a lot, too, about how to actually feel what we're feeling instead of pushing it down. If people are curious about where to find you and where to find your amazing book, would you like to share where you guys are online and where the book will be? The book is launching May 9th, so just in time for Mother's Day. And you can find us. We're online at peacefulmamas.com, so peacefulmamas, plural. And then the book will be available from our website as well as like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and all the different sites. And then along with the book, we're, we're going to launch something called the Peaceful Mama Circle, which is going to be a great opportunity for a bunch of conscious mamas to connect. And we're going to have live calls twice a month where we're going to have some of our great experts that are in the book on the calls as well so we can ask questions and we're going to we have a community on Facebook so that's something we'd love for people who want to just take it a little a step further after you know you've read the book and you're ready to join a group of conscious mamas and to kind of just make this this a way of life and get more tools. So yeah, that's going to be starting up and also just join just at when you're on Peaceful Mamas, you can join our tribe and become a part of our email list. And then we're probably most active on Instagram. So you can find us on Instagram at Peaceful Mamas. Awesome. And I will put all those in the show notes too. Thank um, you. Of course. And then I have a couple questions for you guys that I like to ask everybody. Where have you seen resistance come up in your life and how have you overcome it or dealt with it? Well, what you resist persists, as Carl (laughs) Jung so brilliantly said. So I find resistance when I'm trying to get things done according to this imaginary timeline that I've given myself and said, oh, I need to get X, Y, Z done by this point. And if there are things that are getting in my way of that, then I'm resisting it because I still want to meet that deadline. I have a lot of type A personality in me. And I feel like what's interesting just about me personally is that my body will speak to me very, very loudly because it knows that I will listen eventually to my body. My mind will continue going. So just as an example, I was typing and typing and typing and typing. And I wanted to keep on typing because I had this imaginary deadline for myself to get something done. But my shoulder and my neck were bothering me so much that I I was forced to stop because of my body. I was resisting as much as I could until my body was like, listen, lady, if you don't stop, you're going to really regret it, basically how I interpreted it. And so allowing, once again, the acceptance and the surrender that the outcome may not be as I had initially planned. We had planned over a year ago for this book to launch. That did not happen. But we didn't resist it. That was the key. We just allowed it to be. And once you allow it, then things flow beautifully. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, so nice, Natalie. I would say for me, I think there's always been this desire to you know, to please others and to to do what, you know, what I thought other people needed and other people wanted. And when you do so much like for others, you're not, you know, filling yourself up. So I found resistance when I'm not listening to myself and then I'm not really experiencing the joys that I want to experience because I've been, you know, doing what other people's wanted instead of trying to please others instead of pleasing myself. And I think as a mom, that's really important. And as long as you keep 
you know, you can, you can fill, I think with anybody, you can fill your, you're going to have busy days no matter what, but you can choose how you fill that. And so I found, you know, a way to overcome, overcome that like feeling of emptiness at the end of the day is to make sure that I'm not resisting the inner voice that's telling me what I know is right for me and doing those things. Cause I know that's what, when I'm doing what's right for me and for my family and saying yes to what's important, it's okay to say no sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is a, that's such a struggle as especially entering motherhood. I feel like that came up big for me as well. No, mm-hmm. there's going to have to be things that I have to st- I don't know, make a priority for us and take the stand to make a priority instead of listening to everybody else. Yeah, that's a hard one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not negotiable. Yes. And then my last question for everyone, and you guys can come up with three each if you like, or you can piggyback off each other, is what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? Mm, that's a great one, too. Well, I would say starting a practice for yourself is so joyful. And Mm -hmm. I know it seems hard and impossible, but like having just a little bit of a practice where you're filling yourself up brings so much joy. Let's see. Another another thing is just a breath. I'm like such a big thing on taking a breath and just in... Once we can do that, I can see that I can be more present. And when I'm present, I'm seeing the joy. It's when I'm stuck in my head and worrying or, you know, regretting something that already happened and I'm not present that I miss the joy that's right in front of me. And there's usually a lot, you know, when I'm around young children, around my kids. So, so take a breath. And then third, I think this is a, a really interesting one that I've been thinking about more lately is just imagination and knowing that you can use your imagination to worry and to be fearful, but you can also use your imagination to, to be grateful and be experiencing pot, like expecting the positives to happen. So imagination is such a beautiful tool and we have all have it within us to imagine what we want in our lives. And, and too often we are imagining like the worst that's going to happen instead of what could happen. So I would just say using imagination to, focus on what's going right and, and just finding the joy. Cause there's always something, some joy in whatever's happening. Thank you. I love those. I am a meditative yogini. I teach yoga and a, a lot of my yoga practices focused obviously around the breath, but also setting intentions. And we say affirmations to ourselves and also out loud throughout my class and, and things like that. So everything that Lindsay said, I'm obviously completely in agreement with, but I'll give you a few others as she was talking, I thought about. One is an example of this would be when I, when my husband and I were in Costa Rica. So we were there, it was, we were gone for about nine days and thank God I have my parents close by because they were an enormous help with the children. And it was the first time that both my husband and I had been away from the kids for that length of time. So I had been away and he had been away, but we had never both been away at the same time. And so I was starting to, you know, really feel a fierce mama. And I was starting to have feelings of anxiety and I was worrying and I was, you know, the downward spiral that can potentially happen in someone's head. That's exactly what was happening to me. And so at one point I I said to myself, like, how are any of these thoughts and these questions that I'm asking myself, are any of these worries benefiting me? How are they serving me? And they're not. The fact of the matter was that there was absolutely nothing at that point when I was in Costa Rica in the middle of the jungle that I could do. I had already controlled everything that I could. I set up the, this, my mom is going to drive Jonah to school this day and she's going to, you know, this person's going to pick up this day and whatever. I had controlled as much as I could possibly control. And at that point I had to just release it and honor the fact that I had this amazing privilege to be experiencing time alone with my husband and I had better damn well enjoy it. So I asked myself, do these thoughts and emotions serve me? No, they do not. Okay, let them go. That's one thing that can jumpstart your joy because when you realize that what you're thinking, feeling, seeing, believing is not bringing you joy, then you can stop it as easily as it started. So that's one thing. And I guess to piggyback on that would also be if I ask my children, do you like this feeling? I'm asking myself the same thing. Do I like worrying? No. I don't like worrying. It doesn't feel good in my body. So how can I stop myself from worrying? I can start being really grateful. And that's what it comes back to. So it's like this 
give and take of these questions and answers. And most of the time it comes back to gratitude. And no matter what situation that you're in, there's always something to be grateful for. You know, you're grateful for your legs and feet because they take you from place to place and allow you to to move with beauty, strength, grace, and ease. You can be grateful for your hair because it makes you feel like a goddess. You can be grateful for the sunshine because it is allowing you to absorb vitamin D. I mean, I'm looking around and thinking of things right now. (laughs) So I'm not sure how great they are, but my point is that there's always something to be grateful for. And when you are starting to go down the path of least resistance and embracing all that there is to be grateful for, then all of that helps you to jumpstart your joy. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I, love, I love that catching yourself in the moment comes back to the mindfulness too of like, yeah. I can yes. right this second, which way this choice is going. And yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And just asking the question, like, how can we make this fun? You know, yeah. I love that with my yeah. kids. Wherever we are, we can say, how, how can we make this fun right now? <laughs> Thank you guys so much. This has been so much fun to have you on the show. It's such a treat to have you both. Thank you so much well, for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yes. Natalie and Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me this week. It has been such a treat to talk to you about your book, Peaceful Mamas. If you guys want to find out more or would like to get a link to pick up the book you can find show notes for this episode over at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash peaceful mamas while you're there on the site be sure and sign up for the alerts to find out when the multi-passionate must-haves bundle goes on sale which is next week on tuesday may 15th that's where there will be a bundle sale with all sorts of goodies for multi-passionates including products from past guests like Mai Carls and Michelle Ward, Corey Huff, Emily Wapnick, just to name a few. And you can pick them all up for $97 when regularly full price, they'd be over $1,500. And that's a 72-hour only sale. And after that, it's gone forever. In honor of that sale, you guys, I am so excited for next week's episode. Next week on the show, I am beyond thrilled to have a trio of amazing guests joining me. Melissa Dinwiddie, Jamie Riddler, and Emily Wapnick are all joining me to talk about the joys and challenges of being a creative, multi-passionate person. And yes, this is in honor of the multi-passionate must-haves bundle, which launches the same day. As you know, many of the guests and much of the audience here resonates with that multi-passionate calling, which means that you're the kind of person that has a multitude of passions and interests, and it makes it hard to pick the one thing that you want to focus on. So to celebrate being multi-passionate, I've invited these three experts on to talk about the ways we've all found to create structure and direction while still honoring our many interests. This conversation is both inspiring and actionable, and you know that my project manager heart just loved getting to ask these creative souls all about what has worked for them in staying organized while still leaving plenty of room for them to follow their passions. So we also agree on one big tip that you are not going to want to miss, and that's next week. I hope you'll come back for Melissa Dinwiddie, Jamie Riddler, and Emily Wapnick, And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.